Hey, Freshwater. Uh, I love that song. It's a song that talks about how God has been good in our lives and faithful in our lives as we look back over it. And uh, oh, there's seasons where songs just uh, come to life. And, and that's just one of those uh, songs I think we're all kind of singing um, and, and hanging on to. And uh, I know some of you have asked, hey, what are we going to do now? You know, we, we've done this series with uh, the COVID-19 and unprecedented and Easter. Where are we now? Where are we going? And um, yeah, to be honest, I'm so tired of talking about COVID-19, like COVID, 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 COVID-19. Um, so we're going to try to start moving ahead. Um, and we're going to do just three weeks here about what does it look like to move forward. And then we're going to get back into finishing Ezekiel and, and just moving on to um, some future series that we just sense the, the Lord is leading us to in God's words. So, um, but these next three weeks are going to be about looking ahead and what are the steps that we need to take just moving forward. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know, people, are, I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. Uh, you know, this, the whole, you know, people talk about stages of grief, you know, where are you? A denial. Yeah, we're, we're kind of past that. Um, I, I don't know. What is it? Anger? I'm not angry. <laughs> I don't get angry at all. Depressed? Yeah, check. Maybe. Possibly. Okay, fine. Yeah, possibly. Uh, acceptance? I, I think we're all kind of getting to that point where it's like, all right, whatever. And then you hear something else and it's like, ah. But um, what does it look like to move forward? And one of the things that I want to just talk to you all about is there's a dynamic going on even this past week um, about large gatherings and when they're actually going to come online. And, you know, we've said, hey, maybe, maybe, you know, beginning of May we do this. Look, folks, right now, if you think it's going to be May, um, I, everything is pointed to something different. It'd be fantastic. So we don't know. We don't really know what's going to happen here in the days ahead, whether this is going to be in two months, four months. You know, it could be longer. Whether we come in and out of this, they let it happen, and then some hot spot happens, and we go right back in to stay, you know, shut shelter, whatever. So there's a lot of things we don't know. So what we're going to talk about here is what we do know, and what we could start to do here as we look ahead. And uh, I want to just read to you a passage. I invite you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. I've been reading through the Bible, and I came across this passage. I may have actually talked about this uh, recently this year. I don't know. I know I was referencing this in some context, but so if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry, but I just, I came across this passage, and it's just, it's one of these famous passages that talks about hope, and if you're newer to uh, walking with Jesus, um, this is one of these verses that you may want to memorize, uh, in the Bible. And it's Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And it's a familiar one. So many of you may know it. And it's, it says this, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, this is written to the Israelites, and if you don't know the history there, Israel and Babylon went to war. Babylon won. This is back in 600 BC, and basically forcibly removed all these Jews from Israel and took them over to Babylon. And you're like, well, if you don't know what Babylon is, like, what is that? That's actually modern-day Iran. So forcibly moved them over there, and, and they're in exile in Iran or Babylon. 
And, and it's not going well. It keeps happening. It keeps going. And they're wanting to go back home. And finally, God gives Jeremiah this message to them. And, and, but it's this incredible, incredible message of hope. Like, hey, I got you. But the context of this was actually in, in the verses prior to this in verse 5. And you have to understand that in order to understand this amazing promise of hope that God gives them. And in, in verse 5, actually 4, it starts with this, and it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent, which is interesting, into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses, live in them, plant gardens, eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, and that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and don't decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Uh, I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Here's these exiles. They're forcibly removed from their country. They're conquered. They saw so many people die. They survived maybe the trek and watched people die on the trek to Babylon. And here comes God saying, hey, I got a great plan for you. I want you to bloom where you're planted, like in enemy territory, in enemy country. And he says, I want you guys to get married. I want you guys to have kids. And I want your kids to have kids. And I want you guys to invest in you. I'm like, who, who does that? Like, what? Yeah, let's do that. And I wonder, I wonder what it looks like for us if we start to look ahead for God to just come to us and say, hey, look, these are the things I want you to do. I want you to bloom where you're planted. I want you to grow. I, I want you to move forward. Like, get up. Start living, start looking at what you can do, and, and move forward. I mean, they have no control over their life. They have no control over what's happening, just very similarly to us. We don't have any control of how all this is going. Very little control. And I believe God is saying it's time to move forward. Let's, let's go forward. Let's start to look up, get, get our head from down here to up and start to look around and look forward. And so we're going to talk about what it means to look forward. And I do believe God has a plan for us in the middle of this. And I want you to hear that right now. God has a plan for you. Just think about that. Like, God has a plan for you. He wants you and I to move forward, to look ahead, and to start living for Him. If we've been stuck or if we're in this, and we have, we've just been kind of like trying to figure out, reeling, and, and it's time to just start looking ahead. And, and there's some things as a staff that we have been praying through saying, Lord, what, what are you calling us towards now? Okay, we're done with that. What are you calling us towards? And over these next three weeks, uh, we're going to just talk about some of the tangible steps that we can make. And the first one I think God would have us do is actually pray. And if you read after this promise where it says, I know the plans in verse 11 I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. He says this, he says, then you're going to call on me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes. And this is where it gets very specifically to Israel and the prophecy here and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, which is a whole nother story, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I've sent you into exile. So there's a part of this promise that's not for us. It's for the Jews. They're dispersed everywhere. And God's going to say, hey, look, I'm going to bring them back. But when I look at this prayer here, this is something that's reiterated over and over again in the Word, Old Testament and New Testament, where God says, if you seek me, you, you will find me. When you pray, pray, I will answer your prayer. So this, this little whole thing here about prayer, that's for us. And as a staff, we were just talking in, in, in our time of uh, prayer and talking through what are the steps ahead. We all sense that we're not done praying. Like we had a great week this past week, seven days, this prayer visual, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a week to pray. And it was so great seeing all these people signed up and in the morning, in the evening, throughout the day, just praying. And we were praying for those three areas, right? For God to purify us and cleanse us as a church, for God to forgive our nation, to have mercy on our nation and to give wisdom to our leaders. And then that third area of God, would you fill us with the spirit, fill us with your presence, fill us with fire, those three things. And, and yeah, we as a staff believe we're not done. Like there's something, there's something more here that we need to pray for. And so as we begin to look ahead, one of the steps that we want to call the church towards is prayer. And specifically, those same three areas. And we want to challenge and call everyone who calls Freshwater Home to pray 30 minutes a week. So pick your day. Pick the time that you're going to pray 30 minutes. It's not, we're not going to try to do the 24-7 thing. Just you pick one day out of the week where you're going to pray those, for those 30 minutes for those three topics. And we want to pray this. As long as, as we are not together, and, and it stops when God finally gathers us together. So we don't know when this is going to end, but it will end when we finally get to worship together. But would you join us as we pray? And we're going to send out another sign-up sheet, because it's encouraging to see who's all praying and that we're, we're not alone. And there's going to be 60, 70, I don't know, spaces per day, 100 spaces per day, where everybody can sign up on the day that they're going to pray. Just that one time a week, all you have to do is once and pray. But we believe that this is the time. This is the storm. This is where we, we look around and we say, oh, Lord, unless you move, right? This, this is the moment where the storm's in. The disciples are scared to death, and, and they're calling out to God, and God calms the storm, right? This is where God does his best is in these storms. And we believe it's still ahead of us, the times of prayer. And I, I want us to think, not only just looking ahead here, but to look ahead 100 years, and what it would be like to look back on this, right? To look back with perspective and say, man, Freshwater Church prayed. Freshwater Church actually just, they, they were this people, they were praying before, but they spent time praying and they saw God move. Something broke out there at Freshwater and from Freshwater that spread out to the city, that spread out to the state, that spread out to the country. That's the kind of looking forward 
that we want to call our church to. So pray. The second thing is, as we look ahead in the days ahead, um, the response uh, of the church uh, has been amazing these past couple weeks as, as I look at giving and what's come in. It has been uh, amazing to see how many have been giving sacrificially. And some stories we're hearing of people saying they're jumping in for the first time to give. Um, but I want to tell you, it is so encouraging to see where we are right now and how, how much has come in. And, and, and the piece that's, that's hard, and, and I'll just be honest, this is part of my mess, but I grew up, you know, watching the mess that happened with uh, Jim Baker and, and just these greedy pastors and what they did with it and how they fleeced the sheep. And I just, for me, it's hard to talk about money because I just see that stuff and I don't even want to be like that. So I got to get over my own thing. I'll go get counseling after this is all over. So don't, don't worry about it. But here, here's where I am. We need to talk about it because we don't talk about it enough. So I'm going to be really direct here. And, um, and I just, uh, because here's the thing. Um, if we're going on a crisis pattern of giving, that's not good. It just isn't. It's not a way to live this Christian life. If we just say, hey, we've got a crisis, and then that's how we respond is, oh, then everybody gives. It's not sustainable. And so here's what I want to do. I'm going to speak into those of you who are not giving, who call yourself a Christ follower, but you're not giving. I want to to speak to those of you who are following Christ, but you hardly give. And I'm not talking about the amount. I'm talking about the sacrifice. Plain and simple, God says this, if you are not giving to me, you're robbing me. He, he makes no bones about it. He says in another place, if you're not giving, you love your money more than me. He says in another place, you say you trust me, but you don't, and your lack of giving is the proof of it. You trust more in your provision and your ability to provide with the money that you have or you earn than you trust in God's ability. And you may argue with me and you may be like, well, whatever, and get defensive. But I'm just telling you, that's what what God says. It's in his word. The proof is in the way and what we do and how we treat our money. And if you don't give to God, you're hoarding it, whether because you're greedy or because you're afraid. And the reality is, in this fallen world, there is never going to be a good time to start giving. So here I am talking about giving in, in this crazy moment, and you're saying, well, you know, let's wait till this all gets over, and then I'll start. No, no, it's not. There's just never going to be a good time. And that's just a lie from Satan. It's, it's give, period. Like, give. That, that's where this goes. And, and if you're saying, well, where do I start? How do I start? You know, when I was growing up, I was taught, hey, you give 10% right from the beginning. And, and, and you may say, some of you may argue if you, you know, kind of, you walk with God, but you're not giving, um, or you're not giving much. Well, the 10% thing, that was with the law. I'm like, no, it isn't. It's, go back and read Genesis. It was before the law. It was a response of worship. It was a response out of provision. That's, that's where this started. You read Genesis, and it was a response of Oh my Lord, the blessing. I've got to give you worship. I've got to show that I know this is from you and that you are the one who provides and you are God of all, Jehovah Jireh. And so for me, you know, I was trained, but in high school, you know, I had a choice. My mom and dad were like, it's up to you now. We told you it's time for you to decide. 
And so when I started in high school, I, I just, it just always was what I was taught and then what I read. It's not my money, it's God. So I start off with 10% in high school, I did that. In college, when I was poor, and anything I made, it was, it was 10%. This was never mine. And you see that in the Word of God, it's just not ours, it, it's His. It starts with that because it says from the beginning, no, this is God's. This money I even earned, this job I've earned is from the Lord. It's not, I didn't get this job. I didn't get that money because I'm strong or somehow I'm doing, no, this is the Lord's. In seminary, when I was like dirt poor, like really, really poor, 10%. It's just, there's never a good time to start. I'm going to tell you that there's never a good time. That's what the world says. But right now is the best time because you know. So kids, you're never too young to start giving to God. Students, you're, you're getting your first jobs. I'm telling you right now, it starts now. The pattern starts now. This is when you start to say, wait a minute, it is the Lord that provides. And I'm going to tell you, when you give it and, it, and it's a sacrifice, you give it and you say, oh Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy, Jesus. I want you to know my heart does not love money, it loves you. It loves you. I want you to know that I know you're the one that provides for me. And I'd much rather have you provide for me than me somehow think I can manage this and provide for myself. It's these kind of declarations that get involved and wrapped up in this thing. It is an act of worship. And as we move forward, I, I wonder what will be said of not only freshwater, but your life, my life, when we're before God. Because as we're moving forward, God sees what you're doing and what I'm doing with my money. He sees whether we, we view this as an act of worship. He sees whether we, we see him as our provider. And I want it to be said of my life. I want it to be said of Freshwater Church that this was a church that always, always loved God above money, always trusted in God's provision above anybody else providing for us. See, our mission is to glorify God. It is. That, that is our mission. Our mission is to glorify God by being connected to Him, by worshiping Him. It starts there, that is the first statement of our church. Worship Him. It's an easy step. Pray, give, and the final thing here is, is this connected to God's mission. And I know right now this, this is a hard time and, and we're pulling back and the mentality is to pull back and to take care of ourselves or whatever. And it's hard or you're just trying to cope and trying to get through this. I mean, this, this was, um, I had a bad day or two this past week. I, I did, like, it was really bad. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should tell that story, but uh, no, somebody cut in front of line at the transfer station. Somebody totally cut in front. They have the new COVID stuff. And I'm waiting there patiently to take my trash and somebody just cuts right in front of me and backs in and, oh, I lost it. I'm honking the horn, acting like a real, real solid Christian. It was bad. So I, I get it. Um, <laughs> we have our bad moments. Uh, I probably should have said that. Can we edit that thing out? Is that okay? <laughs> it's too late to start this over. Um, but here's the thing, God, there are people, there are people who don't 
have Christ. I mean, we just said, your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything, but your goodness, right? He's faithful. They don't have, they don't even have a connection to someone who is faithful like that. They have no idea what the goodness of God is. Their foundation is sand and it is eroding. And they're looking for lifelines right now. And we're a church who's called to have this mission as we move forward. That You may get tired of me saying this, but we are not going to forget the lost here. We will not forget them. They're dying out there. They're now looking for answers because it is one of those crises. And we see waves of this happen when we have cultural crisis like this. But people are looking for lifelines. Are you looking around? Look up as we start to move forward. Who is around you? We're offering again Alpha. It's starting here at the end of um, end of April. We're doing an eight-week thing. We've kind of been floundering, like, how do we do this, trying to get up, catch up to speed here, and then we finally got the plan here. We're going to be doing it on the Zoom call. Who can you invite? We're seeing other churches who are running this, and they're having a crazy response. Like, people are, are interested. People are hungry. People are feeling safe to do it, because now they can do it in their home, and they can just press <laughs> hang up, you know, I'm out. Um, there's a lot more safety, and people are looking for this thing. I just remember reading a book this past year about this gal in Korea, this woman who was a Christian, arrested, tortured, beaten, starved, and yet she never stopped looking for people who didn't know Jesus, even in jail. Folks, are you looking around? Are you looking, as you look forward, are you looking for those who are looking for a lifeline? We can't forget the mission. A lot of stuff is changing. A lot of stuff is, is going to go away, but these things won't go away. Prayer, giving, the mission. As we move forward, let's keep focused on these things. And I want to just end with this. I want to end with this promise. It says here in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. God has a plan for you. This hope was fulfilled in Christ. He is our hope. His hope doesn't disappoint us because God Paul writes, God has poured out His Spirit into our hearts. It doesn't disappoint us. His hope is in you right now. And as we move forward, no matter what gets dashed, pulled back, given back, taken back, I, I don't know. We don't know what the future holds, but we know we have a future in Christ. And you need to hear that. If you hear anything else, we can start to move forward because we do have hope. We do have hope. We have Christ. That is no small. We have Christ, his presence poured into us by the Spirit. You have hope. Christ has a plan for you. Don't ever forget it. He's got a plan. It's a good plan. As we move forward, let's Place our hope in Him, our Savior.
God bless.